it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to episode 217 of Stromash, the Scottish NFL podcast. My name is Cameron Hobbs and I've got almost the full team here with me this evening. Joining me, of course, as always, my co-host Paul Mitchell. Also alongside him, we've got Ian Stephen, we've got Jamie Borthwick, we've got Charles Patterson. Good evening, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you all as well. I hope you had a great one. Lang, may your lum reek and all that. May I be the first person to um, wish Paul a happy your microphone is on mute? Good start oh. to the year, Paul. Yes. <laughs> May I that be the I'd way that you continue. Up, <laughs> I would probably end up saying something facetious, so I thought I'd better start off on mute. Uh, Gordon McGuinness sends his apologies for missing this one, but it would have been the Super Six to get us underway. It would have been, it would have been, uh, yeah, somebody's Christmas wish came true for a moment there, but Mitchell's found the mute button, he's back in it, um, so we will get stuck in. And listen, <laughs> gentlemen, we will we'll approach the, the big news item that's obviously stolen a lot of the headlines first of all, before we get into our usual sort of routine of things. Uh, Damar Hamlin, of course, absolutely horrific scenes, uh, Monday Night Football, in a game that had such billing, that had such attention, that um, you know, a lot of people were up watching as the battle for the AFC number one seed was coming to a climax. Uh, the truly horrible, horrible scenes. And let's start off first of all by wishing uh, Damar Hamlin a speedy and full recovery. Um, you know, one minute he's playing the game he loves, and the next minute, you know, he's lying there on the turf. Obviously, the scenes with his teammates, with the opposition uh, kneeling around. Um, obviously, a lot of people didn't know what was going on. I think there's been mixed messages, miscommunication. Uh, nobody really knew what was going on. Ultimately, the game was called off. We are yet to hear what's going to happen. We know nothing more than it's not going to take place um, in week 18 uh, or week 17, week 18. So we're yet to find out what's going to go on there. Um, ultimately, though, Paul, very, very, you know, troubling scenes, and ultimately, we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, it was a strange one, Cameron. I I woke up middle of the night, so I popped the radio on to listen to Westwood One. Our friend Kevin Harlan was on the call. Rich Eisen does the the studio hosting. Kurt Warner's the sideline reporter, and within sort of ten fifteen seconds, I realised it wasn't just the normal halftime break uh, that Rich Eisen was going on. Um, and I have to say, you know, we're all broadcasters here. We all know that these situations can occur. And I think the only hope from a broadcasting point of view, if you ever find yourself in that, is that you can deal with it with the sensitivity and dignity that's required. And I'll tell you what, Kevin Harlan was tremendous. He got the information out. He obviously had to keep repeating the information. It was radio. There was people joining in all the time. Uh, so you've got to give that information. Uh, he was also trying to work and find out, you know, what was actually happening. The, for all of the big primetime games, there is a representative from the league's office there. Uh, he named who she was and what she was doing. And uh, between him and Rich Ice, you know, they're trying to gather information locally and from Twitter and from, you know, their own text messages going out they did an outstanding really sensitive job um and it, and it was first class because these things are so difficult to handle and it is definitely difficult and at the time you know we've seen we've seen fallout of comments made on social media afterwards and things like that but i think for the absolute most people have dealt with this 
uh, appropriately and, and rightly. And whilst, yes, there's question marks and things like that about what's going to happen next, and people, of course, care about sport, um, ultimately, uh, a man's life is absolutely was put in, in danger here. There's some horrible things, some people accusing T. Higgins of doing something which quite rightly has been absolutely ruled out. Um, I think, you know, 99.9% of the content I saw online has been the right sort of content that would happen after an event like this. Um, well, I think, I think Cameron, we know that social media um, generally is not an accurate barometer of public opinion, and it's also an echo chamber for the worst of society. I think let's look at the, the positive. Um, one positive that's come out of this is the fact that his um, charity fundraiser has raised millions and millions of dollars in the days since this incident, um, people getting behind him and his family and the people that he supports in Pittsburgh, which is his home city. And that's an incredible gesture from everyone connected with the NFL and American sport. I think it's a very interesting case study for American sport and how they've handled this situation because this is not something that's happened at a high profile level in American sport before. And um, we've seen similar situations in football, of course, with Christian Eriksen recently uh, at the Euros last uh, back in 2021 and obviously the Fabrice Moambo incident a few years before that. And there's no doubt in my mind that the NFL have learned from the way in which those incidents were handled and acted accordingly on Monday night. I think they dealt with it pretty well. The only question now is what happens going forward with regards to the scheduling, um, the fact that obviously the, um, the, the this is a game that had implications for the seeding in the AFC. We don't know what's going to happen next. But the most important thing is that everyone is treated with the respect that they deserve in this. That's not just Buffalo Bills players, Cincinnati Bengals players, all the fans who are watching it, all the people who are working in the stadium, but also the other teams from a playing con context within the AFC because ultimately there will be a lot of question marks there for teams that are in the playoffs, such as the Kansas City Chiefs. And they'll be sitting there and they'll be thinking about a fellow professional, those players. They'll be thinking about a fellow professional that's, you know, fighting for his life. But also they'll be thinking, well, what's going to happen to us in terms of our playoff seeding here? So there needs to be a bit of clarity from the NFL at some point in the next day or so as to how it's all going to pan out. And if we see a delay for a week, I don't think that there's any question that that's the right decision. It's, it's about the NFL making the right calls from a sensitivity perspective and also from a, a sporting integrity perspective to use a very well-known phrase that we know in Scotland. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Jamie, Ian, anything else to add before we move on? We, we know that we love a sport that's also incredibly dangerous and it's part of what makes it the spectacle it is, but it feels like it's been hammered home a few too many times to us this season from concussions to events like this that you know are just di disturbing to watch but I think the what's come across loud and clear from looking at the the the, the words and the, the the messages that the players have posted is that they understand the risks that they put themselves under and just how unthinkable <laughs> this sequence of events has led to Damar Hamlin being in this situation um, and I just I think we've seen a lot of humanity. We can put aside the the minority of of, of idiots out there and um, see a lot of people rally around who love this game that understand its risks, but um, you know that are just rallying around a guy who, by all accounts, is 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 a fabulous human being as well. Um, 
current and former teammates of his speaking about him. Um, it's you know it's been a it's been a, a sobering week, but I think it's it's kind of shown the the best of uh, the people involved in this sport as well. So moving into the rest of week seventeen, uh, and there was actually some really entertaining games. Um, if we go back to Thursday night football, it wasn't much of an event. I don't think we expected it to be Cowboys cruising in that one and move forward to still somehow be in the running for the number one seat. Uh, they need the Eagles and the Niners to lose this weekend for them to win, for that to be a reality. But you never know. Um, there was some interesting results. Obviously, the Eagles really struggled this week. So, you know, Ian, obviously still without... Jalen Hurts, you, you've, the, the Eagles have now put Gardner-Johnson, Robert Quinn and the 21-day practice window to return, so there's players coming back. But how much does this game concern you coming up to the, the playoffs? And are you at all worried about the number one seed? Um, well, I mean, the, you, you're always going to be worried at the fact it's only one game, possibly you lose and then you miss out on it. Um, the issue for the Eagles quite clearly is the fact that it's Lane Johnson with a torn stomach tendon and Jack Driscoll replaced him at right tackle. Um, Cameron Jordan had his way with him and the Eagles didn't compensate. They didn't um, play a tight end on that side, always chipping Jordan and release. They didn't look to move the running back across to help block. They just stayed with their normal um, pass plays, which was possibly arrogance from the Eagles coaching staff to think that they would be able to handle things as normal. Um, I think um, if Lane Johnson's fully fit, then he can make Gardner, jo- uh, Gardner Minshew put 40 points up in the Dallas Cowboys. If you don't have the best right tackle in football, then you struggle to put up 10 points in the Saints. Simple as that. Um, so I think the Eagles will probably have to reevaluate what they're, they're going to do against the Giants. Um, you might see quite a lot of uh, twin tight ends to the right-hand side of the Eagles formation, I think, during a lot of the game. And Jalen, Jalen, yeah. Jalen Hurts is scheduled to come back. It's I was a, just going to ask, do you think he will come back? For yeah. this week, or do yeah. they rest of one more week? No, he comes back. Um, it's a injury to his non thrown shoulder, um, so it's not as bad an injury as it would be if it was to his thrown shoulder, obviously. Um, and just the threat of him actually being on the field ready to run it takes one of the Giants defenders out of the run defence. So the, we didn't have that against the Saints. The Saints didn't believe that Minshew was going to do anything and it it, it made made the Saints have 11 defenders against the run instead of 10 when Jalen Hurts plays. So he'll be a major distraction to the Giants if he's on the field. So I think he's not enough guaranteed to play. Jamie, on the other side of that, you know, the Giants not necessarily playing for anything other than they want to try and knock a rival down. Uh, try and prevent the Eagles from getting the number one seed. Could 
accidentally end up giving it to the Cowboys, which I'm sure is like a Jesus Christ. And in between there, there's the giving it to the Niners. So it's a, a, a lose, lose, lose. So you might as well just win and hope for the best, right? But uh, the, the Giants continue to be on form and impressive win. Slightly marred. I'm going to touch on this first of all by the Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, snow angels next to arriving. Thibodeau, not Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Did I not say Thibodeau? You said Thibodeau. That's another one for the collection. <laughs> I, even know, I even know how to Th- say that. Thibodeau. Thibodeau. I know how to say Thibodeau. Um, I think you should be known as Thibodeau from now on. <laughs> so, no, this, this game's are absolute. Giants can do what they like this week because they're locked into the number six seed. They can do what the hell they like. What a wonderful <laughs> place to be. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting seeing him uh, give Daniel Jones a, a curtain call in the fourth quarter. It's the first time he's been able to do that and and allow him to have that moment. I, I I think Daniel Jones will be on the field. I think if anyone gets a bit of a rest, it'll be Saquon Barkley because he's already he's he's beaten he's beaten his his career best yards and he's carried the ball an awful lot of times this year. Um, other than that, I think they'll be I think they'll be full pelt. I don't think. Um, I don't think Dable's the sort of guy who eases up ever. Well, there's a lot of chat that the Giants are going to rest their starters, so um, it'd be interesting if the Giants... Is that Philadelphia that. chat? Or is that New York chat? No, New York. It's New York Post, <laughs> New York Post stuff. Um, New York Post are pl- praying that Brian Dable race the whole <laughs> of, the, of the starting lineup so that they can come in and slam the Vikings in the, in the wild card round. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to remember that the Eagles have got four players now with 10 sacks. They're, I think they're fourth all-time with the amount of sacks in a season, fourth or fifth all-time. As soon as uh, Daniel Jones takes one hit um, from Fletcher Cox or Josh Sweat or whoever, then uh, then there would be serious consideration about pulling them out of the game. Um I don't think you leave your starting quarterback in against a defence that are going to try and rip his head off. That's the sound of a desperate man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let us win the number one seed. Play reserves. <laughs> are, the, are the Packers in the playoffs? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> don't worry. But, but, but Don't worry, Ian. Apparently the Packers are toilets, so you shouldn't have to worry about them. Are the Packers, are the Packers drafting in the top five? Uh, no, we don't need to because the roster's set. The problem is that we're paying a quarterback nine billion pounds a, do- a year, so that we can't afford to do anything else. Well, you could Jordan Love. Correct. Correct. Anyway, Let's we did enough of this last. <laughs> Everything ends in Jordan Love. He's like number forty-two. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, so okay, other stories from the NFC. Brady wins another divisional title. January, Brady steps forward. The Panthers actually looked like they were going to give them a bit of a game. Fourth quarter, Brady discovered exactly where Mike Evans was, having forgotten where he was for the the previous um, 17 games, 15 games. Jeez, I can't count. Um, But ultimately, 432 yards against the Panthers, who'd actually be playing quite well. who weren't out of it themselves. Uh, an impressive performance, and probably you. Now I'm trying to think about this. As they will face the highest wild card team, which is likely well, it's going to be either 
the Cowboys or the Eagles. Most likely, oh, it's, be it's, the Cowboys. It's, it's Cowboys Buccaneers. Yeah, that's set. That's locked in stone now. So post postseason Brady, then do we think that postseason Brady can continue cow- into this? The or Cowboys we- beat the the Buccaneers earlier on in the year. The Cowboys should be massive favourites to beat the Buccaneers again, even if it's in Tampa. There's nothing that I've seen from Tampa against a good team this year to make me think that the Cowboys are not going to win that game. That 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 offensive line for Brady is not strong enough to hold up against the Dallas pass rush. I, I've got. I'm sorry. The, the, he, even if he has connected with um, Mike Evans for three touchdowns, I mean, remember the Panthers are missing J.C. Horn. It's one of those whereby they were the best of a bad bunch, and Paul's far better place to talk about the NFC South and how mediocre it's been. But there's nothing from Tampa this year that's going to make you think that they're going to go on a run to the championship game. Really, I can't see it because the NFC is a, it's it is a it's full of strong teams. The top five seeds are strong teams. Yeah, I mean, I wish the NFC South had been mediocre. I mean, it would be much better than it actually was. It's just, it's a terrible division. Uh, interesting, you know, Harbaugh's being linked with Carolina uh, to leave Michigan and go there. I think that'd be a very interesting hire. Uh, I'm not convinced, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Saints trying to bring back Peyton. Um, probably the best thing that could happen for the Saints is for the Bucks to beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys to sack McCarthy and then come and get Peyton for a pile of draft picks. That'd be the best thing that could happen for the Saints. Who did what? I mean, we're getting into postseason chat now. Do you think that the Saints make a change at head coach next year or do you stick with Allen? I would make the change, but I don't think they will. Um, I think they've just not handled the season particularly well. You know my feelings on Winston, but you've got two average quarterbacks, you know, and they've bickered over which one to play. They've had a lot of injuries, but so has every other team. It was a very winnable division, uh, and they blew several games through bad coaching. Um, whether you throw that all away or not, none of your rivals are in a good position. You know, there's not another team that's in a good position in the South. So arguably, you could hold on and try and build from there. I mean, I'm not convinced Todd Bowles is the answer in Tampa either. Um, you know, so there's a whole pile of flux in that division. So the Saints, if the Saints are traditionally more conservative, they will stick, I think, with Dennis Allen. Personally, I would move him on. That whole, there's, no, there's, no, there's no franchise quarterback in that division. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no quarterback in there that in that division that you can pick that's going to start next year. Correct. Yeah, absolutely Derek, correct. Derek Carr? Would you take Derek Carr? Yeah. Why not? I think. I mean, I mean. You could take Marcus Mariota off the Falcons, Paul. You love him. Well, I would, and I stand by. I would have taken him at the start of the season ahead of either Dalton or or Winston. Because and then you'd have then you'd been four and thirteen, and you would have a higher draft pick. What the the Falcons have lost? Falcons have lost how many games by a single a single score? I mean, the Eagles have. uh, Sorry, the, the Falcons have not been as bad. As, as you may as you may think, I mean, I'd probably be more annoyed if I was a, a Falcons fan this season because they had a genuine chance to actually have a winning record and per- possibly win that division. Um, so I'd probably be more annoyed if I was a Falcons fan at the moment because they've just they've handed so many games away. Moving into the north. 
then, because we've covered the South, we've got a thrilling match. No, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, this one. Because the Lions, 41-10 over the Bears, um, after the Bears started strong, but the, the Lions stepped up and continued their good run of form. The Packers obviously decimated the Vikings, who were just all at sea. Um, uh, you know, 41 points scored, but it felt like it was special teams and defense that won that for Green Bay um, more than necessarily Mr. Rogers. But well, it's, it, it serves all around team performance. Anyway, it go on. serves up <laughs> a tasty tie, a tasty encounter this weekend as the Lions play the Packers. It's in Detroit, right? No, it's, no, at it's not. It's in Lambo, isn't it? It's in Lambo, and it is Sunday night football. Yep. Biggest um, franchise, biggest biggest franchise matchup of the weekend is. I, I, listen, kudos to the Lions. Let, first of all, let's talk about the Lions. They've what's won seven of the last nine. They started one and seven, and they have been. Um, I think everybody expected them to improve this year, but they have been terrific. Jared Goff has been really solid. They've got one of the most potent offenses in the league. They are a, a kind of symptom of this wacky season in the NFL, whereby teams that we didn't expect to do so well have prospered. But they have not faded like the Jets, like the Dolphins, like the Seahawks. They have managed to actually push through and kick on. And they're hitting it, you know, bang in form. This game is absolutely no gimme at all for Green Bay this weekend. And Green Bay were dead and buried at 4-8. and eight. Both teams are on, on fire. Both teams on form should be in the playoffs. One of them's got to miss out. And actually, it's a shame because I think both of them would give a better run in the playoffs than Tampa, to be honest, to whoever they're going to play. Yes, indeed. Um, it's an interesting dynamic, though, because Detroit will know whether or not they have a chance before they even kick off. Because if the Seahawks win, Detroit are out. If the Seahawks lose, uh, or tie, Seahawks draw a loser tie um then the lines are still in the mix um nah, but to not even if even if they don't have a chance of reaching the playoffs to knock out green bay that would yeah. that would be tasty i think if you're a detroit lions fan that's progress i don't I, think I, shows campbell, how bad they've been dan campbell doesn't care dan campbell does not he, care he, he is going out to maul the green bay packers whether they can get in or not i mean i'd like to i'd like it still to be live for the lions because i think it just makes it it adds to the storyline, um, but it, it's a good pickup for for Sunday night football and be well worth watching. It's very similar to the Chargers Raiders game last year, which yeah. went, of course went into overtime, and that's what you want. I mean, they're not, you know, that's the beauty of the scheduling. But these are two teams who are fighting for the number seven seed, and I have always said that the number seven seed, since they introduced it, generally is a team that's not very good and should get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. And I would expect that with whoever is the number seven seed in both conferences. I've got no, I don't, even though Green Bay have been excellent the last month, I don't expect them to, to beat San Francisco in San Francisco if that's who they're facing. And equally, I think it's the same in the AFC. Whoever gets that number seven slot in the AFC, if it's New England or Miami, they're not playing well enough to get to the Super Bowl for me. Well, I mean, momentum, uh, just as a little bit of momentum, we've seen teams do this. Green Bay um, won the Super Bowl from the number six seed. Yep, 
So it's it's definitely possible. You're only a couple of wins away from it. So uh, you got to be in it to at least be in with a shout. So it's it's fascinating. And it, I love that it's come down to this. I thought it was another great week of uh, Red Zone this week. And we put a tweet out uh, very randomly as well. If you didn't see this on our social media channel, thoroughly enjoyed seeing this, that we had a tweet come to us um, via uh, at UKMP Tweets on Monday to let us know that the most used word in tweets by the Scottish Nationalist Party MPs in the last 24 hours were at Scotland NFL and at Scott Hansen and the word drivers. Cameron, um, Scot- Cameron Scottish National Party, not Nationalist Party. Don't be a don't be a bitter Labour person from Glasgow somewhere. Did I say nationalist? You said oh, nationalist. Jacob Reese Mogg move. Yes. Apologies. Shame. I will Shame. I will read that properly. Are they not nationalists? No, or am I confused about something? But or will we save that for the, the political podcast? Oh no. <laughs> they are the Scottish National Party. They are the Scottish National Party. Um but yes, apologies. Um, Listen, so... the, the, the the big news, the big news that came out of week 17 and the news that everybody, everybody in the podcast is excited about is Paul Mitchell no longer has a moral high ground with which to complain about any decisions against the New Orleans Saints. His slate has been wiped clean. No, no, in your mind it has. I mean, yeah, because I must admit, I was really hoping that forget the championship games and the playoff games where we get regularly screwed. I was really hoping in a meaningless shite game in Philadelphia, we'd get a couple of really good calls. And I'll tell you what, it warms my heart. It really does. You know, to to start, ah, it's just honestly, I'm, I'm almost welling up here. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, no more can he complain. <laughs> It was a shocking call. Uh, the Eagles touchdown getting called back. Kenneth Gainwell, clear, clear and easy touchdown, called back for a phantom holding call. It was a pancake, not a hold. If you don't know a difference between a pancake and a hold, you're eating your breakfast wrong. That's all I'm saying there. Um, can, can you imagine somebody had an accumulator of like any time touchdown scorers and like they just needed Kenny Gainwell to gain like 10 grand or whatever? And there's. <laughs> <laughs> Jump out the living room and then the front. I, I, I take your point, Ian, but to be honest, get it right up them. It's nice to see the Saints get a call finally, even though it was completely and utterly worthless. And it's the last time you can make any comment about it. <laughs> I Until think the it's next time, Ian. A ban for the whole of 2023. And what we can do is we can just edit out any time that that happens. Um, be, Paul, don't worry about it. Gordon will be complaining about something next week that happened to the Ravens and. Oh, well, forgotten about the Saints. It is interesting that Gordon was scheduled to attend this um, podcast, pulled out last minute due to a meeting. Um, yeah, a meeting with Ravens hierarchy. Mere, <laughs> mere days after his team got pumped again by the the Steelers. Also, and again, this is just a gut feeling. The scoreline of thirteen sixteen. It just feels like the a really common outcome for a Ravens Steelers game. I don't know oh, what the history. It's a common is. outcome for any Ravens game at the moment because they don't know how to score more than 15, sixteen points. As it appears, but I mean, hell are... if they had an offense. Um, he'll, he'll not like us talking about them when he's not here. But the the Raven Steelers. Um... No, he glorifies in us talking about them because then he comes back on the following week and points out 
various time codes whereby we falsified information or got a statistic wrong or you pronounced somebody's name incorrectly. So <laughs> so I was I was actually kind of close here. Last year, on the 9th of January, 2022, Baltimore 13, uh, Pittsburgh 16. Really? So if we go point, it's the point difference is the thing that I think is the the one. I knew there was something just vaguely familiar. So if we go through the the last couple of games, the point difference between the two, so three points, um, two points, three points, one point. There was a five point game, a four point game. You know, twenty nineteen fine. Uh, the Ravens blew them out twenty eight ten. Um, other than that, three points. You know, there's there, there is a lot of close games between these sides. Um, it was you're, it was a poor game. You're proffering this like it's a bad thing. Like the NFL wants forty point blowouts. They don't want any close games at all. Remember over time, Gordon said he revealed on the pitchcast that he nearly became a Steelers fan, or perhaps could have been a Steelers <laughs> fan. Now, given the way the Steelers are playing, they're playing Ravens esque football. If he's going to hedge his bets, if the Steelers somehow make the playoffs, which is a bit of a long shot. You never know. Johnny Bailey could have a partner in crime. <laughs> Thanks for that, Charles. We know that Gordon's going to ignore anything we've said and just come after you. So that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Take, taking one for the team. Heartily always, good. always. Um, also, I would come back to your point, Ian. I think that a close game is great, but nobody wants to see a 13-16, a 27-24. Brilliant. It doesn't need to be a blowout. Make it close, but at least have some scoring. You don't, I don't want, no, like, if it's hard, if it's, if it's hard-hitting defensive football, you can accept it. But if it's just... Like, it was just total, shit quarterback was, play. It was, wasn't hard-hitting. Totally have to say, Kenny though. Pickett, you, you got you to hand it to him in that final drive. Wasn't that shit? He produced the goods. So. so I'll dip slightly into our uh, Belter nominations because yep. there is a couple. And actually, there's not a lot of people have more than one. Kenny Pickett is only one of two, uh, three, actually. The medical staff at the Buffalo game mm. will rightly get this award, right? We'll, we'll read through them, but they, they will get it. Um, Kenny Pickett, though Johnny Bailey comes in. Great game-winning drive to beat the Ravens and get his revenge over Roquan uh, Smith with his throw to Najee Harris for the go-ahead touchdown. Everyone expects rookies to come in and instantly become the next big thing, but it takes time. The Steelers' O-line getting better and Pickett getting better each week. You cannot be the AFC North for entertainment, eh, Gordon? Says Johnny Bailey. Uh, and Darren Barry also gives... Johnny Bailey. He's not going to shag you. I don't know. Um, against, so Darren Barry says, against the defence that hadn't allowed a touchdown at home over the previous 15 quarters... He went 15 of 27 for 168 and one touchdown. And in the game-winning series, completed five of his six, finishing with a good move to escape pressure and find Harris for the go-ahead score. Um, the end of the game was thrilling, but I think the overall piece was a bit shit. Um, and if we're looking at teams that are on the slump coming to the postseason, the Ravens are definitely one that you put in the circle. Oh, but if they don't have Lamar, they're an absolute non-star to do anything. And if they have Lamar, they're, not, they're by no means guaranteed. However, so I, I still think sometimes, and I'm bringing this background now to the Niners game, because I think sometimes that scare, that wobble before the postseason can be a benefit to a team. If they can get Lamar back... They Are can you suggesting of, that the Niners had a scare? I, of course they, they played a, a shit team and won in overtime and they've gone up a seed. So don't give us that nonsense. But they nearly lost to the Raiders under oh, Gareth Stidham. 
Yeah, so what? That doesn't matter. It's not a scare. You're, Why is that not a scare? It's, you're not a scare because ultimately you're, you've got ahead of you, you've got the Vikings who have been exposed as complete frauds. Complete frauds this week. The Niner, it, this, this goes back to your bizarre comments about building for 2024. The Niners and oh. the Eagles, uh, the Niners and the Eagles are the two teams to beat in the NFC and the only question mark is over the two quarterbacks, one with Jalen Hurts and if he's fit, and two with Brock Purdy can last the pace as a seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant. Look, look, it would have made absolutely no difference whatsoever, frankly. And it, even if um, even if the Niners had to play as a number three seed, they're still, I would say, overwhelming favourites to get to the championship game. So there's no scare there if you're San Francisco. San Francisco won eight on the bounce. So it's it's a wobble. It's a dip in form. I think it was the first time. So we saw some of the the limitations of Brock Purdy, where you could see some of his um, when he was going to his second read, he wasn't particularly good at reading the field and anticipating. There was a couple of times we probably should have been picked off. The there was good things on offense. There was some bad stuff on offense. Same on defense. There was some good stuff. There was some really bad stuff. For me, my point was more. If you're going to have the wobble, it's better to have it before you go into the postseason than going just on a high flyer, full of confidence, and fall at the first hurdle. Or be the Ravens and have a wobble for a month. Well, it's the and wobble for the with month. With no sign of coming out of it. It's, it's I, not a wobble, it's a trough. But um, they, they need their one player back. That's the problem. <laughs> and I don't know the latest on Lamar Jackson. Now we expect him uh, back. Uh, that's probably why Gordon's in a meeting at the moment, because he'll be able to give us an exclusive tweet about six hours after this is recorded and you'll tell us the update and then he'll explain why the decision making has been made to leave him out this weekend or some bollocks honestly McGuinness show up please next time I'm taking one for the team again lads he's going to moan at me next week and he did say that he couldn't make the original time of this recording due to a meeting however I reckon that meeting's now finished because we kicked this podcast off late and he still hasn't joined so yeah let's follow him Um, Okay, other I mean it was a great game between the Raiders and the uh the 49ers. Question would be now obviously called a catch on the fields, and there's one nomination from Ian Brown for Devontae Adams this week. Great catch to keep the game alive with just over a minute on the clock. I uh, I will give my view, uh, and you can tell me I'm wrong. I think that uh, I don't think it was a catch, but I think they called it a catch, and given the views that they got in the replay the right outcome was to go with the call on the field because there was nothing conclusive showing that the ball hit the ground. But I think we all really know that the ball hit the ground. It was a catch. It was a damn good catch and he did well. That's why he got his legs underneath the ball. Stop being sore his, about his it. His legs underneath the ball? Yeah, he was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I got you know, all his body in to tuck that in. It was lovely. I good on think him. the ball hit the ground. Well, you're wrong, but you're allowed an opinion, so... I've we can move on. No, I, I know you don't. And I mean, I just checked the call was given as a catch. So um doesn't matter. I mean, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You've got a Hall of Fame running back. 16 titles in a row coming up. You'll be fine. Relax. All right. You always get something to moan about, <laughs> haven't you? Oh, it was a scare. Not at all. We nearly got beaten by the Raiders. I'm worried about our playoff chances. I, at no point did I say that. At no point did those words come out of my mouth. Um Anyway, the Chiefs struggled to beat the Broncos, but got there in the end. And the other one, as um, 
Russell Wilson tried to come out and do something, but did some ghastly things once again. Every week. Every week. <laughs> um, looking at the... Sorry, Paul, were you going to... No, it, it's interesting. I mean, the, you just wonder if the Broncos had fired Nathaniel Hackett four or five games ago with their season of change. Because they did look a different team. They looked like they were playing with a little bit more freedom. Um you know, you'll never know. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Broncos do here. I think we all knew that Hackett was going to go. You can't get rid of uh, Russell Wilson that easily. But I just wondered just what the guys think. Will the Broncos try and shop Russell Wilson or will they basically go all in and find out who he wants to come in and be I, the head coach? I think, I think from what I can make out, that they can cut him or trade him after the 1st of June and only take about $37 million in dead money, which was only $37 million. <laughs> but I think if they do anything before that, it's like 80, 80 million. Mm. So it's a five-year contract he signed, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's... If, if you... If you, re, if you are brave enough to say we've made a colossal error, we need to get rid of this error right now. Shall we eat $37 million and then move on? That's something they're going to have to discuss. No, that, that's just a cap it. I don't know how much they still have to pay them as part of any guaranteed contracts, which is sometimes the owners don't actually mind the dead money. They just don't like paying money to people because some of the owners are incredibly tight. So it, it literally just comes down to that. Can their egos sustain ditching a, a project after a year at quarterback? If you're talking about June, though, Ian, by then there'll be a new head coach in the door. And whoever is appointed as the new Denver Broncos head coach, I would be utterly amazed if they're not given an ultimatum as part of the job interview. You need to have Wilson on the con on, on the books for at least a year because of the contract situation. And the question is how many head coaches out there A want the job? Probably a lot in the college game. There'll be a lot of prospective offensive coordinators who want that job. And B, how many people want to work with Russell Wilson? And I bet you that there's a, quite a few out there who will fit the bill as far as Denver are concerned. I can't see him going anywhere. I mean, I think this is an interesting one for Jamie, who's uh, you know, from from the point of view, and from Paul, actually, two teams who need a quarterback. Would you want Russell Wilson as your quarterback at the Giants or the Saints next year? Because Daniel Jones is out of contract and the Saints have got two con quarterbacks who, let's be honest, are not the future. Would you want Russell Wilson? Yes Absolutely. or no? Absolutely not. Um, his character doesn't fit with anything hmm. that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are, are building in New York. So, um, no, no, no chance. And would you want him in the Saints, Paul? For his talent, yes. You would take him for his talent because he's talented. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Is he still uh, talented? Yeah, I, th I think he is. I, do, I don't... I I think there's there's more to come on this. They're, they're obviously not on the same page with the head coach, the coordinating team. There's something wrong. You don't go from being a really good quarterback to do what he's done this year. Um, however, I mean, I, I would put all sorts of asterisks around that to say the contract would have to be friendly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You would take the player, but I, I mean, I share Jamie's concerns. Don't get me wrong. And it depends on on what the mentality of your coaching staff is. We've all been around long enough. Some managers will take any character because they think they can they can do something about them. 
and others have got a no assholes policy. I'm not sure what the Saints have got at the moment, but anywhere that's got a no assholes policy ain't taking them. Just interesting, just to if if you type in just to look at Raiders quarterback at the moment, the four stories that come up, Raiders select new franchise quarterback and latest ESPN mock draft. Commanders trade for quarterback Derek Carr is coming up. The Raiders gave up on Derek Carr within weeks of this season. And the Raiders' top priority, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, signed Tom Brady to replace Yeah, that's Derek what I've Carr. heard. Wild stories. You know, all sorts of different, different stories. De- Derek Carr can do a job for someone else. There's no doubt about that. Gronk and Brady to the Raiders. That's the one that that continues to do the rounds. Can I tell you who the best fit is for Russell Wilson if he was to move on? The best fit for Russell Wilson as a player is the San Francisco 49ers. Because... (laughs) because I agree. I agree. Just for the banter. Well, he needs to operate in a Kyle Shanahan-style offense where they play 12 personnel, running back lined up directly behind him and he has got the option to roll out from zone run scheme. He cannot pass behind an offensive line. He has to have clear space in front of him. That's why he was so good in Seattle. And obviously the biggest proponent of the Mike Shanahan offensive scheme is his son and it would be the best fit for him. What about um, just... To put another option out there, what about one of the many people that have come from the Shanahan tree? Uh, could he perhaps be a replacement for Tua in Miami? Would that be a, a more suitable landing spot for his talents, given that Mike McDaniels um, created a lot of that jiggery pokery, we'll call it, um, in the playbook? Uh, and Wilson could thrive there if Tua is perhaps decides to walk away from the game given the absolute abuse his body and his head's taken this year. I just want to see him in the Niners, to be honest. Well, I, I'm yeah, going to say this. If, if any team would be interested in the... If this is to happen and he's moving to Kel Shanahan, uh, I think Shanahan to New Orleans as the new head coach would be a wise move. Paul, I, I'm, I'll, I'll let's promote D'Amico Ryans. Let's just go with it. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Good grief. I'm, I'll tell you now, it won't happen. If Russell Wilson in any way ends up in San Francisco, I will not be taking part in this podcast next year. I will stage a protest. Oh, it's, all, it's all coming out now. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's, he's, he's the Rangers fan with his season ticket book going, I don't want more Johnston at my club. Would you Would you burn your George Kittle shirt? Oh, no, because it's not Kittle's fault. And Kittle might still be there yeah, once but that's, he's that, that, done. Okay, would you burn your Jimmy G wobbly head that's just next to your uh, left hand? No, you got, you're you're going to have to show some kind of, um, I don't know, um, primary tribal symbolic <laughs> gesture act to show your I, distaste for this move. I do not want Russell Wilson in San Francisco. However, the commanders... Uh, interesting about the chat with Derek Carr. Interesting, you know, maybe the commanders go and get Russell Wilson. The commanders, though, we didn't touch on them. Obviously, we're still in the postseason conversation and absolutely shat the bed by putting in Carson Wentz. Yeah, when deserve everything they get. <laughs> Tyler Heineke, just uh, what? Tyler, Taylor Heineke. Jesus, I've had a nightmare tonight. It's been a long week. I've had... To look after Tuesday. a sick family, I'm exhausted. Tuesday, is it not? It's Wednesday. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it? Ian's still stuck in 2022. <laughs> 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 
That's all right. Ron Rivera didn't know they were out of the playoffs, so, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that was the other thing. Ron Rivera finding out, so what a night they had. Ron Rivera goes with Carson, who had an absolute shit show against the Browns, who've not been great, but, you know, and still weren't great, but the Commanders had nothing. There should have come a point in that game where he just went, do you know what, guys, I fucked this up. We're putting Heineke back in. Just, I can't understand. On the same night, and we'll talk about this now, where they announced their new mascot, Major Tuddy. <laughs> That's going to be a quiz question for next year. A, a pig. A pig. Um, obviously, hog, the dear boy, it's, a hog. It's a, oh. a pig is a hog. Um, but yes, a hog, because it goes back to, I can't remember the player, but they used to refer to themselves as the hogs. And the offensive, I, I'm pretty, the offensive line from the early 1980s. Is Come that on. what it is? The hogs. This, that, is, I, this is NFL 101 basics. I was born in the early 1980s. I wasn't watching the NFL then. I don't know. If you know your history, it's not a song that I sing. I wasn't watching the NFL in the 1960s, (laughs) but I know who Vince Lombardi is. (laughs) It's a fair point. point. Um, So, yeah, the offensive line, the hog tie. There's been a lot of heat. There's been a lot of abuse. But I'm going to go out and I'm going to say, I don't think it's that bad. I don't like the name because I hate the term tuddy. It gives me the squirms. But I don't hate it. I think there's there's much worse um, mascots in the in the NFL right now than Major Tuddy. I think he comes in right slap bang in the middle of the pack. I think that there is a oh, there's definitely much much worse. Uh, well, and if, we, if you remember, if you remember the infamous mascot quiz question from last year, there were some uh, absolute belters in the uh, in the mix. Major Tuddy, I, th- I don't know. He 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 does look like some guy that's just dropped out of a parachute in Vietnam. So I think that there's <laughs> he does, but if you if you've if you've dropped out of a parachute, I would be a bit worried. I mean, if I dropped out a plane with a parachute, grand, but if I dropped out of my parachute, that would be panic mode. <laughs> Correct, that's true. Like there's some bad ones. Brownie the elf. For the Cleveland Browns is up there as one of the absolute stinkers right. for me. Yes, but he's satanic from the, the, the look <laughs> of the logo. Just 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 realize one thing. Major Tuddy, by the time the start of next season comes around, Washington will be doing a new range of barbecue and we'll never see Major Tuddy again. <laughs> but I just I don't think it's that bad. I think for me, the, the worst mascots in the league, and I'm putting my own team up with this, are the mascots that are actual people. So I'm putting Captain Fear at the Buccaneers, I'm putting Sourdough Sam into that mix. Uh, I'm also putting Rowdy the Cowboy. What about, Ra- what about Raider Rusher? Raider Rusher's he's a bit scary. Well. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um Jackson Deville is the best mascot in the NFL. I'm going to put Blitz, the Seahawks mascot, I think is very good, very animated. Um, uh, to complete my top three, mm. I'm going to put Paul from the Baltimore Ravens. I think because of the name, I think it's, yeah, it's top three. There you go. I've got to say, I've just Googled, I, I missed I missed the announcement of the mascot and I've just Googled a picture of him and he does look, look a little bit like one of the henchmen from Jabba the Hutt's palace, doesn't he? Yeah. So it looks like a Star Wars character as well. That's another plus point. He's getting a lot of so, heat so as you, Major Tuddy, but I, I'm here yeah. for him. But you guys will remember that it is the NBA rather than the NFL that the New Orleans Pelicans brought out Pierre uh, as the Pelican as their mascot, and he horrified mainly children so much 
that Pierre had to go and undergo plastic surgery and they put out <laughs> pictures of Pierre all wrapped in bandages because they had to relaunch him. He was so scary uh, as a mascot. Um, I'm not sure Major Tuddy is going to go through that, but he's still pretty bad. Dear me, indeed. I'd, I'd forgotten about Pierre. Um once named the creepiest mascot in professional sports. <laughs> I, like, is... I, like, I like the way that the commanders um, had to change their name to uh, because of the fact that they were causing offence to an entire ethnic group of people in America. And they then bring out a mascot that causes, I'm not going to say offence, but it certainly doesn't cause much love for two separate religious parts of uh, America. They just seem to be on completely incapable in Washington of any <laughs> cultural sensitivity. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right. Um, do, you think anyone, to... do, you, do you think anyone in America has ever seen Kingsley? No, I don't know. I think, I think Kingsley did. T- he, he made transatlantic waves, but yeah. Uh, Kingsley's ironic, though. That's the thing. Americans don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> best mascot in Scotland by a country mile. No, I... it's not. It's Sammy the Tammy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was Sa- there for, I Sammy was there the Tammy is certainly the most. Um, I was there for violent. all the escapades, the 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 tea tray down the and the tank. Stairs. I was there for the tank. Um, I was there for just just the warm up, the ball boys when they run out and run down the halfway line and high five them when they come out to this to the strains of uh, Europe in the final countdown. Sammy the Tammy is the only reason to go East End Park. <laughs> Once he's finished, all the fans have got to walk out. Dunfermline just played to like zero crowd. Paul, have you ever had Sammy. Paul? Have you ever had an incident with a Scottish football mascot during your time in the game? Uh, I've been hit by one or two of them. <laughs> I was just them expressing themselves um, more than anything else. The other story, which I've just looked up because I remembered this, St Louis University brought in a new mascot for their sports program and he's the creepiest guy you've ever seen and the president at the university said please don't be so hard on him he's going through puberty at the moment how about that to defend oh, a mascot we design? wow is this the billiken yeah yeah a what what's a billiken uh it's this just uh, this doesn't oh. work well st louis university um, no, that does not work well. But oh, the dear. it looks like a goblin, a goblin, yeah, or a gargoyle of some sort. Yeah, it looks yeah. like something off Notre Dame Cathedral. I, Goodness I, me! Um, <laughs> I assume it's based on this. The Billikens' origins, uh, origins are shrouded origins. in mystery. I can't yes. speak to. Honestly, I should just, I should just go to my bed. There's different tales from the Billiken from Alaska, Japan, and China. Goodness this is sake. this right. This is a wormhole. I'm not going down this. No, let's not do that. Can we just give? Can we just give? Key, key, uh, uh, you know, aside from obviously all the amazing medical staff uh, in Cincinnati, can we give the uh, belter of the week to Keyshawn Nixon for single-handedly relighting the Packers season? Keyshawn Nixon gets one. I get yes. a nomination from Kenny Law. Never thought I'd see the day that teams were scared of the Packers special teams. What a touchdown! What a player he had! A, I am going to say, like he did have a great run. I think it's one of the easiest kickoff returns I've ever seen. Comes like, down to blocking. It did. It was the blockers rather than his individual play. And, but and he, that, I mean, it was a big lane. And that is down to the hire of Rick Basaccia, and obviously, who was the special teams coordinator 
in Vegas, became the interim head coach, was brought in specifically to sort out the Green Bay special teams, which has been historically bad for years and years and years and years. And it did take a bit of time. I mean, they had a punt blocked, of course, um, in the game of the weekend, don't forget. Um, but they sometimes if, you, if you're a team that's on a losing run or if things are not going right, sometimes you just need a spark. And Keyshawn Nixon was signed specifically to improve the special teams, the return game of Green Bay. And he's the leading returner in the league. And he's giving Aaron Rodgers in the offense ridiculous field position now week after week. And, you know, you can pin it on whatever you like. The fact is the defense was terrible at various points in the season. The offense has been poor. The special teams has been bad for years. Now you've suddenly got a situation in Green Bay whereby it's actually dangerous and it's a weapon. And that sometimes can just ignite different parts of the other other parts of the team. So if there's one player, one individual in Green Bay who can be pointed at as being the reason that they're suddenly in the chance of the playoffs, it's got to be him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's an impressive turnaround for sure. Um, I'm going to read some of the other nominations and we'll pick our winner. We need to pick two bottles of whiskey because we didn't give away one last week. Um, so we talked about Devontae Adams getting one. Stephen Hunter gives his to, G- <clears throat> to Gino Smith. Completed the sweep against the teams that wrote him off. Kept Seattle in the playoff hunt. He's also passed 4,000 passing yards, only the fifth time in Seahawks franchise history that's been achieved. The other four were all by Russell Wilson. All in all, not bad for a backup, ranked 33 out of 40 on Chris Sims' quarterback rankings on our apparently, quote, quote, rebuild team. Jake Camarda gets one from Stephen Bryson. He says that the real answer is Damar Hamlin, but he wants to give a note uh, I mentioned to the Bucks rookie punter late in the fourth quarter with his team leading by six in a huge divisional game was given an awful long snap in midfield. He collected the bobble ball, sprinted left and escaped ongoing rushes and managed to get a punt off with his right foot just before be getting hit. The punt was then downed at the two, which was miraculous. There was a foul on the Bucks on the play, which would have been declined if the Panthers had managed to get prime field position. They saved the game for the Bucks and led that is a long explanation. But it was an impressive punt. Like, he did very, very well to get out of it. We've seen other people, you know, have bad snaps and just punt it away. To scramble like he well did. Well done. He plays away. for the Bucks. The Bucks are going out of the playoffs the in the wildcard round. Well done. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Evans gets a couple from Gary May. Alex Beaton for that stat line, says Gary May. Uh, Alex Beaton says, better performance from Evans this week. Maybe finding form at just the right time for the playoffs. Old Man Brady gets one from Mark McEwen, showing he still has something about him after a few average weeks. He's in the playoffs again. Uh, Long Callahan gives his to Patrick Mahomes for joining the ranks of Tom Brady and Drew Brees as the only players in NFL history with multiple seasons of 5,000 plus regular season passing yards. He puts regular season in brackets. Clearly a shot at me following the quiz last week. Um, and then Paddy Kelly gives it to the college football playoff semi-finals bowl season. Incredible entertainment on New Year's Eve and great to see a smaller school in TCU making the big dance. The whole bowl season was superb, especially the Caleb Williams USC shootout with Tulane. Him in the 20, sorry, him in the 2024 draft and Bryce Young this year are going to be great additions to the NFL. Uh, Cameron Christie wants to give Belter to the end of Thursday night football for the year. It's not been great, has it? He says. 
other than that, bunch of nominations for the league, for the medical staff, for Sean Dermott, for Zach Taylor, for the UC hospital medical staff, the Bills and the Bengals themselves. Obviously, we touched on this at the top. I think the belt of the week has to go to the responders who dealt with that. Um, but any other notable mentions? That you Jair want Alexander for manhandling Justin Jefferson. I'm just now... I'm just messing with you all. I think Jarrett Stidham needs to get a nomination. Yeah, he was good. He just was, wrote that name down, Cameron. He yeah. was massively impressive. And I think that a lot of people wrote the Raiders off when they, they said that they were benching Carr. Um, and he came in without necessarily a great amount of hype around him and has performed really, really well. And, you know, who thought that Purdy Stidham in week 17 would be one of the best games of the weekend. Genuinely fantastic. I think he's done really well. Interested to see what he does in the last game. Um, Be interested to see if Vegas give him any kind of shot next season. I assume not. I assume they go and get someone else and he is their backup. But lot to have a lot of confidence in that young player there. So I thought he deserves a notable mention. Anyone else you want to throw into the mix? No, it was Janet Stidham that, that I had. Um, just to talk briefly about both the, the college semifinals were superb. Uh, Tulane, as you say, beating USC was tremendous uh, for such a small school who are now ranked number 16. So well done to the Green Wave. Um, but it's it's interesting. Stetson Bennett as well from, from Georgia, you know, drove them down the field. He's going to be an interesting one to see how he gets evaluated uh, in terms of NFL future well this is it does he get a chance to go somewhere um it's a very small sample size but it was impressive against a very hyped san francisco 49ers defense so very very good in that sense right we need to pick a couple of winners so jamie uh first one from you please i need a number between one and 26 number four number four is gary may so congratulations to gary may you're the winner of the first bottle. And Ian, can you pick a number between 1 and 26? Number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's not number four. Go for number 19. Number 19. Number 19 is Gregor Dippy. So congratulations to Gregor. You also win a ball of whiskey. So thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you to Loch Lomond for their continued support. And ultimately, let's close this segment off by raising a glass to every single person that reacted to that horrible situation in the most positive manner and ultimately could be part of the reason that uh, we have a player still alive today. So you guys are all, you guys and girls, you people are all the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. Uh, we've been piling on for a while now. People have just listened to two and a half hours of us on the um, Pished cast. If you've not listened to it, go back and have a listen to that. Take part in the quiz. You'll hear what the controversy is about the regular season. Um, yeah, and if you've uh, done the quiz, send in your answers or turn up at Championship uh, Weekend night and um, prove that you beat Gordon and Cameron, depending on who won the quiz, because I can't remember now. So oh, It was a tie. Interestingly, Borthwick, have you done the quiz yet after your no-show last week? No, not. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. 
on the spot. <laughs> no, we don't have time for that. He knows he knows he only has to go, he has to scroll through to about one hour and 43 minutes or thereabouts. Yeah. And then you can go, listen Jamie. from there. So there you go, Jamie. That's your challenge for the next uh, time. You, you've got homework. You've got homework. How was your evening meal, Jamie? How many glasses of wine did you consume to the point where you realized it would be no point of you coming on the qu- on the show? How many times did you have to plead with your guests to stay just another half an hour so you can avoid <laughs> the podcast? There was, there was a critical point at which I thought, oh no, this is this is way too far. To be honest, I probably having found out how long it went on for, I probably could have joined in time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was meaty. Um, so we'll not do team of the week this week because obviously we are already over. We will look ahead in a minute to week 18. Um, the one thing that we'll talk about, you've already alluded to it there, Charles, we've got some live events coming up. Please check out social media for details here. We've got tickets for our event in Glasgow uh, on Friday, the 27th of January. We've got tickets for our event in Edinburgh on Sunday, the 29th of January. The great Dante Hall, one of the all-time greatest returners in the NFL. Some might say the best ever is coming to Scotland. Obviously played for the Claymores for a single season, but he played a whole of the years in the NFL, predominantly for the Chiefs, a couple of seasons at the Rams. He's coming over to join us for what is currently Championship Weekend. Um, Friday night, we'll, we're going to Maggie Mays, where it will be an up-close and personal evening with. We'll be hearing loads of stories. Um, it's not being recorded, so these will be some off-the-record conversations as well. So we might get some juicy tales. Then on Sunday in Edinburgh, he is coming through and he will be joining us for the Championship Games. We'll get his insight, his analysis. There's a solid chance the Chiefs are going to be there. The Rams definitely won't be. Neither will the Claymore, sadly, but still. Um, what I will say as well is these nights will be completely different. So if you've got tickets for Glasgow, you can come to Edinburgh. And if you've got tickets for Edinburgh, you can go to Glasgow. They will be completely different when in their content. Um, there's going to be competitions on the night, giveaways. We'll have bottles of whiskey to give away. There's more than that. Um, there's VIP tickets. If you get one of those VIPs, you get that one-on-one opportunity with Dante. You can take an item along, get it signed. That will make that that item worth more than the cost of the ticket right away. It's a no-brainer, people. Come and join us. January sucks. There's nothing going on. Get your tickets, get them booked. Have something to look forward to at the end of the month. Let's get together. Let's talk American football with someone who's played the bloody game at the highest level, with someone who's been exceptional in their field. Get your tickets bought. We can't wait yep. to see. Well, we don't know how. And we can also find out just how many touchdowns he scored in we the can. NFL as a return. <laughs> and Gordon will be dressing up as Doubting Debbie, he promised. <laughs> he did promise. I, I heard it. Um, In fact, okay. make, that, make that the opening sting of the podcast, Cameron. What's that? Gordon will be dressing, dressing up, up as Dirt and <laughs> Um Okay, on to week 18 then. So we've already kind of touched on the ties to watch. We've got two Saturday games this week. Um, one of them, I, I feel like these games are the wrong way around, I'm going to say, first of all. And I get that it's more for the American audience, but whatever. Half past nine UK time, we've got Raiders Chiefs. Nothing that we're really playing for there other than the Chiefs are still trying to get that number one seed. Um, the second game, though, Jags Titans. That's a cracker, is it not? Like, that's they're playing for the, the division. 
Jags should smoke the Titans based on current form. The interesting thing is going to be is are all the are the Titans going to be in any way, shape, or form uh, competitive in this game? Because there's no Ryan Tannehill. Who's they going to start? Are they going to start Derek Josh Henry? Dobbs? Derek Henry. It's Derek Henry or bust. And yeah. But there's nothing really from the Titans you've seen in that. I mean, I thought that the Titans would win the division by two or three games. I, I They've been absolutely racked with injuries. And the thing is that Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis, whoever starts a quarterback, is a step down from Ryan Tannehill. And he didn't have any receivers to throw to anyway. They thrived off the play-action game. So, I mean, the way Jacksonville are playing, I can't see anything other than a Jags win. But stranger things have happened. So in the last three games um, against Jacksonville, you know, so we go back to the game that happened earlier this year, which was on the 11th of December. He had 121 rushing yards for a touchdown. Last season, the game on the 10th of October, he had 130 yards and three touchdowns. Um, on the 13th of December, 2020, um, he had 215 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, he has had the number over the Jacksonville Jaguars for the last few, for sure. You go back to that mental game in 2018, where he had 238 yards and four rushing touchdowns, but fair enough. The Jags have been fairly trash and they actually seem to be quite good. It'll be interesting for me and it'll be a true test of that defense, which seems to have really stepped up this season, as to whether or not they can stop Derek Henry when it really comes to it. I think it's fascinating for that matchup alone. I think the game earlier in the season was the first time the Jags had led the Titans in about four years. Really? Never, never mind beating them. <laughs> Actually just had a lead against them. Um, so, so that, yeah, I mean, we're, we're now looking to see it. What I'm looking in this game for, this is all, this is all for me about Trevor Lawrence. You know, much hype coming out, dreadful first year, which we've seen other quarterbacks do, and he could take his team to the playoffs. I think this is a really interesting game from that point of view. To me, I, Malik Willis averages losing a fumble every game. Um, you know, a bit of a bomb scare from that point of view. I think th- this is time for Trevor Lawrence to say that he's the guy and he'll take the Jacksonville Jaguars all the way in this one. Um. There's also, is there not a weird situation where the Jags can lose and still make, Yes, yes. They can but lose and still get a wild card if the every, Patriots and the Dolphins lose. Yes, and I think the Steelers have got to lose as well. Right, okay, fine. So that's, I mean, listen, Jacksonville, just go and prove that you're good. Smash the Titans. Happy days. Nine and eight record. You deserve to win the division. Go for it. And you'll make my eight-year-old extremely happy. <laughs> He's been praying for this. Also worth noting that, well, Trevor Lawrence is, is is a Tennessean as well, so he's going back to his home state to try and put them out as well. So just an added little twist. But I think this could be. I I would fully expect the Jags to win this one. Um and yes, there's is. Am I right in saying there's three games on Saturday now? No, there's just two. Two games on Saturday. Those yeah, are the two. two games, yes, and then there's fine. There's a funky thing going on with Google where it says that the Bengals Ravens is kicking off at six a.m. on Sunday. But I was like, that can't be right. They've just got their time wrong. They've put six a.m. instead of six p.m. And there was fine. chat about moving, flexing that game if the Bengals had won on Monday night. So there's a lot of that. That should... if spots yeah, and maybe's sorry. going on. Yeah, yeah, that game's showing at six o'clock on. On the same site I'm looking at, but it's now being confirmed as a one o'clock start Eastern on Sunday. 
Right. Um, so there's that. What are the other games? So, so you've got Bengals Ravens is an interesting game because, wow. Yeah, the Ravens can try and disrupt. If Lamar Jackson's back, they don't got much chance based on what we've seen. The Steelers Browns, Steelers playing for uh, uh, another winning season under Mike Tomlin, which I don't think we thought we'd be saying at any point recently. Patriots Bills is the one for me because how do Buffalo react to what's happened? Yeah. And pa- the Patriots, no, a win puts them in the playoffs. So this is a very delicate one from a Buffalo Bills perspective, because they've got to be quite careful from a purely professional point of view. If they lose that game, they can slip to the number three seed. They then probably have to go to Cincinnati and Kansas City if they want to go and hit the Super Bowl. So Buffalo are in a really, really delicate, delicate situation, not of their own volition. I do feel very, very sorry for everyone connected with the Buffalo Bills, but the Patriots have got a chance to win and they're in the playoffs when, frankly, they are toilet, by the way. They are no, they are not a good team. So, you know, there's a new, that's a, that is for me the, the, the most fascinating game in the early and late windows. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look for other ones. I think the NFC South games are, Pretty oh. trashy. We might see a lot of backups there because there's nothing really to play for for anyone. Colts, Texans, not very good. Commanders, Cowboys. Heineke is going to be back under center. So fine. Um, again, no. the Commanders an opportunity to try and upset the Cowboys, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a rivalry game, Cam, isn't it? So, I mean, it's going to be the... It's going to be a, a decent game no matter what, or competitive game uh, no matter what. Um, but fair play to the commanders. They've asked Carson Wentz to report to Los Angeles just to make sure he's nowhere near uh, the game itself. <laughs> um, Seahawks Rams interesting because the Seahawks have their opportunity to win into the postseason. Uh, am I right in saying that if they win, and then the, do they eliminate the Packers as well? No, no. If the Packers if the, win, they go above if the Seahawks. Green, if Green Bay win, they're in. Right. Seahawks can only qualify for the as the number seven seed if the if if they win and Detroit beat Green Bay. Detroit can only re, De, De, Detroit can only win into the playoffs if they win their game and the Seahawks have lost. It does kind of suck that they're not at the same time. I think there's a storyline there that's missing. I, I, I yeah, I get your point, but actually, Detroit's not just flex both out. Detroit. Well, you can only have one Sunday night yeah. game, and there has to have, there has to be one Sunday night game. And frankly, if if Seattle win, then Detroit are out, but they'll still want to knock Green Bay out. As we discussed, Dan Campbell yeah. will smash anyone regardless. So I don't yeah. think it matters that much in this context. But if Seattle don't win, and I have to say, I don't know. I mean, they're playing the Rams, aren't they? Rams yeah. have been all right last uh, couple of weeks under Baker, and Baker's playing for his job. So you There's know a, he's. You know, if that if, if the Rams win that game, it just sets up an absolute belter on Sunday night. So it does. Can we circle back very quickly to the Washington thing? It looks like um from, from what I'm reading that Sam Howell will actually start the game. Oh really? Not Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke apparently was told that he would start, but obviously the, the rookie would see some time and he basically said, Well, why don't you just start him then? You know what I can do. Why don't you have a look at him? What a yeah. shambles. Uh, but interestingly, since, so, since 1993, if Sam Howell plays, he'll be the 35th 
quarterback to start a regular season game for Washington. 35 quarterbacks. Okay, Paul, uh, on you go. Name them all. Start with number one. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Mark Rippon uh, is definitely one of them. We're looking at Kenny Corcoran, Rich Gannon, John Fryshith Schuler. Do you want me to go on? Because I've got the whole list in front of me. No. <laughs> no, Paul, you no. off from memory. I wanted Gus Farot from the, the bowels of your mind. <laughs> well, Danny, I mean, some of the names you might not mean. Danny Werfel? Who remembers Danny Werfel? Yeah, Jeff yeah. George played for how many, uh, How many playoff games have they won in that period, Paul? Very, very few. Only, only um, RG3, maybe? Yeah, and that's that's the game they ruined RG3 in by mm. keeping him in. They should have taken him out. He was clearly injured. Uh, like some big names when you look at it. You know, you're looking at Donovan McNabb played for them, Alex Smith. Um <laughs> you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was there for a little while as well. It's 12 uh, quarterbacks since Carson Wentz left. Sorry, no, it's not. It's 12 <laughs> quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and those 12, Kyle Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Garrett Gilbert, Dwayne Haskins, Tyler Heineke, Sam Howell, Josh Johnson, Case Keenum, Cole McCoy, Mark Sanchez, Alex Smith, Carson Wentz. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> they've all played as and started for the for Washington since Cousins went to the Vikings. Men, that's just mental, mental, does mental. Any, what does a anybody mess. remember what a Tony mess. Banks? Tony yes, Banks, course, the former, starting quarterback. Former uh, St. Louis Rams quarterback as well. He did hold the record for most fumbles in a season at one point. <laughs> Tina, up for you to show off your knowledge there, Ian. Good knowledge. Wiki Stevia. Um, sorry, that was rubbish. I'll not do that. That was again. a good line. I'll, no, I like that. I like that. Wiki Stevia. <laughs> that's we should have a Wiki Stevia column each, each week. <laughs> Jamie's looking at the heavens. He just wants to. He's like, What is this pesh? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Any other news items that we want to cover? We will get into postseason chat. We will have a chat next week where we'll reflect very quickly on week 18 because it will be in the bin. And then we'll turn our attentions to the postseason. We'll reassess our Super Bowl predictions at that point. We'll have a bit of a, a blether uh, about how we see things panning out. Charles has already written off 95% of the teams anyway. So, you know, including, you, including his own. <laughs> including his own. Um, so, you know, we will get into that in a bit of nitty gritty. But other than that, I don't think there's any other major news items other than go and buy your bloody tickets for these live events. We want to see you. Like We're having a party, people. Come along and join us. Um, people are already reaching out and asking us as well if we know about any Super Bowl parties. Check out the Golf Tavern. They always have one. As we hear of any Super Bowl parties, we will share that on social media. We probably need to get a little bit closer to it before people start confirming details. But don't wait till that. You've got something to do on Friday the 27th of January and Sunday the 29th. And you get to hang out with Dante Hall and us. And Gordon's going to be dressed as Down Debbie. That's what more you need. All we've got for this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, Cameron. Bye for now. <laughs>